Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Daily Coast, The Brief. It's our weekly show about politics. I'm Marcus Melissas. I'm here with Carrie Elleveld. And today we're going to be talking about the Republican presidential primary, how Donald Trump is sort of in a, in a driver's seat right now. And is there anything anybody in that Republican field can do about it in the next however many months until Iowa, which is February. So not that many months, uh, you know, mm-hmm. things are things are coming up. So, Carrie, I know you've been very closely tracking the state of the race, looking at the polls mm-hmm. and looking at sort of the various dynamics. What's it look like right now? Trump. <laughs> in a word, Trump. That's been a great I show. Mean- Thanks, everybody, for joining <laughs> us this week. Catch us next week. <laughs> okay. Disclaimer up front that I still think it's possible. Like, it's just, you know, it's still Trump's, it's Trump's to lose, right? I still think it's possible that, for instance, um, (laughs) I can't believe we're back here. But anyway, I said, we're back to Trump. And this is like, but I still believe it's possible that some, someone, and I don't think it's going to be Ron DeSantis, but someone could potentially catch fire in the early states and like make, you know, and start to make a race of this, but it's the, the probabilities just keep on declining, you know, the potential for that. So just looking at the most recent Iowa poll from Ann Seltzer, who's like the Iowa guru pollster who, you know, hits the most a, accurate pollster, the yeah. most accurate pollster in the biz. And she focuses yeah. on Iowa. So she knows Iowa doesn't really do anything else, but she knows right. Iowa. Right. She nails Iowa most of the time. I mean, every once in a while, you know, she hits an outlier and to her credit, she's not afraid to, you know, actually, you know, publish a poll that that runs in contravention or, um, you know, in conflict with with every other pollster out there saying, oh, this is going to happen. You know, she was the one who kind of alerted us to 2020 being a much closer race than anyone would have hoped um, between Biden and Trump. But in any case, her most recent poll, I think over the weekend, uh, came out. It's an NBC Des Moines Register media comp poll. And she found Donald Trump in the state of Iowa, right? Nationally, he's leading by, you know, some 40 points in national polls in the aggregate. That hasn't shifted much over the past like month or so. It's just like, it, in fact, for the most part, he just keeps growing his lead just a little bit point by point. But um, in Iowa, um, she has Donald Trump at 42 percent, Ron DeSantis at 19 percent, and then everybody else, Tim Scott's at 9 percent, everybody else is in single digits. And two thirds of, I mean, you know, it's brutal. Like I wasn't as straightforward as a normal primary because it's a caucus. If you're at a precinct where, for instance, your candidate doesn't meet the threshold, you might have to go with your second choice. So second choice is... Yeah, it's not a, it's not a secret vote. It's like everybody's yeah. getting together. They're all arguing right. with each other, and these They're are Republicans, so that might actually other. be very interesting. Yeah. This year. I mean, second second choice other. really does matter. Can I should say can matter in Iowa? You know, like who do all the who do the, all the Trump supporters go to if he doesn't reach a threshold in a certain place? I mean, but he's still very much in command. Two thirds of his supporters in that poll said that they aren't looking at anybody else. They're, you know, he, he's their guy. And so, you know, roughly 30%, that means um, of the, of the GOP electric is, is already committed to Trump. And, and that's enough to win the Iowa um, caucus. 30% is enough to win it. So, you know, he's, he, the point is, is that he's, sort of dominating in the early states. Um, you know, he's dominating nationally. Uh, he, he, while Seltzer was in the field with this poll, the Georgia uh, indictment came down in the middle of 
them doing this polling and his support grew in the among the Iowa Republicans by seven points between the beginning of the poll as they were conducting it and the end of the poll. So like the, he actually got a bump from, um, you know, in Iowa from the Georgia indictment. Cripes. Republicans subjectively love criminals. We love criminals. We want them. He's our guy. Um, so what, anyway, another crime. I love him even more. I know. Oh my gosh. He almost took those Georgia bastards, you know, like, <laughs> Come on, this guy's like, anyway, he's criming all over the place and people love it. Um, so I guess if I were to try to come up with a scenario where he might still lose, I, I'll say this. Wait, 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 let's not get there yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for kind of the second half of the show. Let me, let okay, me get okay. a little bit deeper. Where, where is Donald Trump's number specifically in all these pollings? Is he what, in the 40s, low 50s, in the 60s? Yeah, where's well, he at? Yeah. So, so, so in this Iowa poll, he's in the forties. And I think that that's pretty reminiscent of a lot of other, but, but in the national aggregate, right. He's, he's like, uh, I think he's 50 some percent, like 50, 55% or something. He's, he's 40 points over Ron DeSantis for the past, I don't know, month or two. So, but let's let's just look at Donald Trump in, you know, by himself. So he is universally well known. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt whether people like him or don't like him. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, he is getting about half of Republican support. That means that there is about half of the Republican Party, depending on the state, could could vary a little bit where they do not support him. Now, obviously, there's no consensus alternate to him. Quite to the contrary, it's 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 a mishmash of, of right. who knows what, They're and all the uh, and uh, but there there the you know there he's not dominant in the way Joe Biden's dominant. You look at Joe Biden's polling; he's in the high sixties, low seventies against you know Marianne Williamson and against RFK Jr., who's not even <laughs> who's I mean, not a Democrat, who's who's not, not a Democratic Democrat. Democrat name only Dino. Yeah, and uh, and Marianne Williamson's not a serious candidate, and but he he's in the, there's not a there's a, not an opening there, right? So that that's what a dominant figure in a political party would look like, ooh, I think, ooh, in modern ooh. times. Hold on, I was just I just pulled up the five thirty eight aggregate just to check it out, just to see, um, you know, if if, if what percentage and he had been pulling at like who's I he mean, who's he trump sorry he had been pulling at like 53 54 percent he's got a little bit of a dip here all of a sudden i don't know if that's like one poll hold on i gotta put on my readers because that's just <laughs> how old i am um oh who knows it might be you know I mean, the, the problem with 538 is they have you have to go through with a fine-tooth comb and figure out who's a legitimate pollster or not but but in any case it does look like maybe he's had just a little bit of a dip that what's happened if that's true what's happening is is that DeSantis isn't really getting better Vivek Ramaswamy is actually coming up in the national polls, which I have to tell you. <laughs> he's having his moment. <laughs> he's having his moment. He's having his moment well. at, at, at nearly 9%. He's having his moment. And, and, and Trump's going down a little bit. But let's just be clear about Vivek in the early state polling. He's basically nowhere. I mean, you know, he's he's not running third in Iowa in most of the polls. I'm just glancing through them right now it's usually scott who's running third 
he is oh 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 Harris X. No, I don't trust them. Yeah. Um, but you know, in, in the Seltzer he, poll, in the Seltzer poll, Ramaswamy is all the way down behind Pence, behind Christie at four percent. So well, he's yeah. a business guy, he's got this little boomlet, which is you know, it's all relative, obviously, given those numbers. Yeah. And it turns out he's a 9-11 truther, like he thinks yeah. that 9-11 was an inside job. I mean, he's turned okay. like it, He's a Republican. Yeah. Like, this is what the Republican Party is today. It's a bunch of cranks and conspiracy theories, and there's nobody serious. And uh, he even said he, 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 he thinks Putin should win, that Russia should, should just annex parts of Ukraine. And he even said it like, you know, I didn't pay attention to foreign policy until like last month, but now he's got a plan. Yeah, His, yeah, you know, now he's two got weeks a plan. Into, two weeks into finally realizing that the world exists, he thinks he knows what to do with the world. I mean, these are not serious can we, people. Can we, just, can we just review a, a recent thing? You know, so he's, come, he's a 9-11 truther now, right? And he, he said, uh, he was saying that, you know, I don't know, maybe there were federal agents on those planes. And then, and then like, the world came town, down on him like a ton of bricks. And, and then he tells Semaphore, that he was referring to he that he was referring to January sixth, not nine eleven, because you know the twin tower, the planes <laughs> that hit the twin towers happened on January sixth, not nine eleven. I mean, come on, these, she, what did he mean by one, wondering quote unquote? I don't know how many quote unquote federal agents were on the planes that hit the twin towers. And now he's trying to claim he was talking about January 6th and not nine 11. I mean, that is really, yeah. It's the liberal media, the liberal media, putting words in his mouth and making him say things to make him look bad (laughs) and give him money to fight the liberal media. And, but uh, so back to the big picture, (laughs) Trump is sitting around, let's, let's just say he's at 50% plus or minus 50 points. The advantage he has the disadvantage is obviously half the party is against him. And mm-hmm. I'm not sensing, Carrie, that it's a very motivated against him. It's a small percentage of never Trumpers. And a lot of people are like, I wish he would go away. But no, but there's not like no groundswell movement to get him out of the party. Like that's yep. not there. But there at least is clearly some rumbles. And uh, and there's an interesting poll and, and we should probably get to it at some point that. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, a third of Trump supporters don't believe what Trump says, you know, and th- this is like the Trump movement in a nutshell. They're all cynical. They all think, you know, they don't believe their families. They don't believe their their religious leaders. They don't even believe conservative media figures, but uh, they, they don't believe they're nihilists. Right. And this is very Trumpian. Just burn it all down. They don't even believe Trump. And, and that that I don't know. There's something there also that I think is an opening that somebody could exploit. But the problem is his advantage is that the Republican primary system is different than a Democratic one. In a Democratic primary system, delegates are apportioned proportionate to the vote. So if and it's not exact percentage to percentage. Right. But generally speaking, let's say Biden got 60 percent of the vote and Bernie Sanders got 40 percent of the vote. And there's 10 delegates in that state. Biden would get six delegates. Bernie would get four. And then that keeps the race closed pretty much almost all the way to the very, very end, right? In the Republican primary system, and there's a handful of exceptions, but very few, the delegates are winner take all. That's how Trump won the nomination in 2016. He didn't win it with, he was getting like 35% of the vote back then. He was he was not where he is today, but he was winning 35% of the vote. And then you'd have somebody, you know, with 30%, somebody else with 22% and 10%, and he'd get all the delegates. And so that's a, that's where it's an advantage where there's he only needs 40. I mean, there's how many there's like 12 Republicans running. 
Uh, let's say most of them are in single digits, but still, like, he probably needs like 38 to 40 percent of the vote, and he's probably going to sweep all the delegates on most of these states. That is his big, big, big advantage. So, um, but there's an opportunity, there's an opening there if the Republican field was actually running for president. And I think that's the underlying problem. Is anybody other than Chris Christie, I don't even know if Chris Christie's running for president. I think Chris Christie's running to take down Trump. Is anybody actually running for president? other than Donald Trump. Well, I think I DeSantis actually was, but he's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I mean, you know, Tim Scott may be vying for VP. Nikki Haley, you know, may be vying for VP. Mike Pence, God bless him. He just can't get away from the gallows treatment. No, I don't think, I don't think Mike Pence is actually vying for VP, but Mike Pence doesn't have a chance in hell. So, um, I actually think DeSantis was running to win and just was a, a horrible, pathetic candidate. I mean, just did not How, have the national chops. Right, right. I mean, aside from the fact that he's he's a robot and he's he's awkward and he's just an awful human being and he doesn't connect with people and he has no friends or allies. <laughs> like, aside from all those things, he came in defending trump like they've all thought oh I mean, yeah I, I guess the broader strategy was trump can't possibly have staying power so therefore we're going to ingratiate ourselves with trump supporters and right. so when trump flames out or gets indicted or dies because he ate too many big macs whatever 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 the, the the like they would be there being like i'm the heir apparent to donald trump i'm one of you I thought that was doomed to, to, to disaster from day one, right? Because Trump had made very clear not only that he was running and he was serious about running for election, but that he saw it as an existential fight for his freedom because right. he wants to pardon himself if he's convicted of, of anything and pardon all his buddies, which as, as an aside, that's why the Georgia case is as important as it is because it's outside of that pardon system. But mm -hmm. that's why he's running. He's not running for America or to make America. No, he's running to protect his own ass, to save his own ass. And he made it very clear from the beginning that he was, he was going to, um, he was looking out for himself that he was, he needed to do this to, to um, save his own skin. And also he uh, his supporters decided that that was also why they would back him, like, you know, because it was to push back against those liberals like Mark Meadows and, you know, who have testified all those liberal Republicans who all have testified liberal, against him. Yeah. Literally every single person who's testified against him is a Republican. And we, yeah. most of them were in his inner circle. But sure, it's a right. liberal plot. It's a, and yeah. so. Carrie, like. And to get a little bit into like, you know, how, how you defeat somebody like Trump, the history of party primaries is full of examples of candidates who had their moment in the sun. And I'm not talking Vivek moment in the sun at 4%. I'm talking Howard Dean or um, or uh, just let's just remember Fred Thompson or right, Jeb right. Bush. Who let's just remember that the Vivek is is actually pronounced the vague. Vivek, and the right. reason we know that for sure is because DeSantis own, you know, like basic, you know, de facto campaign manager told him to label Vivek, Vivek the fake in the <laughs> debate. Because <laughs> that's going to work. Because that's going to work. And yeah, Vivek is the threat. 
That's who you need to train your fire on, not the guy who's got 50% of the vote and you need to chip away at, at the, the front runner. So that gets to my point, though. That's almost a exa- great lead in because <laughs> in a normal primary, what happens is you have a front runner. Hillary, um, Elizabeth Warren also had that moment mm-hmm. and everybody attacks. Yeah. Everybody. Tra- that's why you don't want to peak sad. too early. Right. That was sad. You Hurt my heart. Hurt my heart as a Warren supporter. You- when you, me too. When you peak too early, it gives too much opportunity for everybody else to pile on and to bring you down. And so, this is a perfect case where you have what you have twelve Republicans running. You know, I don't know, like fifteen. There's a ton, um, and you have Donald Trump. If all of them were had a steady drumbeat attacking Trump, yeah, some of Trump supporters would be upset. But his core base is like 29 percent of the of 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 you know. Of the United of the United States, the, I think no, broader part Republican yeah. Party. No, it's um, it's it's like it's like yeah, uh, it's, it's really solid in the Republican Party. That's the problem. Um, his core base is. I actually think his core base is closer to uh, in the Republican Party is closer to like two thirds of the Republican Party. Oh, I well, am I wrong? Um, I don't know, but. Regardless, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, if you're not going to run against him, you don't run for president, right? And yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He's you, not going to pick you as VP. He's going to pick somebody like Kerry Lake or Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates. He's going to pick one of those people yeah. as as his VP, right? So you're not really running for VP either, and not when you're in single digits. Like that's that's not how you make a case that you're valuable as a potential vice presidential candidate. So right. you're running against somebody who's popular. Everybody piles on and you chip away at that and you have a whole year to do that. Right. You, yeah. you know, they, they announced at the beginning of the year, you have a whole way, a whole year. And my God, has Trump given them material? Yeah, he's given them all the material to do it because it is Republicans who are testifying against Trump. You don't have to make common cause with the liberals or the establishment or the swamp or whatever, the deep state. It is his own people. And are you going to really argue that? Trump's entire inner circle was deep state. He picked them. Right. They were his people. So there's a foundation and there's material and you chip away, you chip away, you chip away. And you start, you know, and it takes a while because people don't like to change their opinions. But a lot of times you don't even want, you don't need to change your minds. You just don't want them to vote. Maybe it'll be like, yeah, they're all crooks, right? This is a very easy out for people who are like, decide they don't want to support a candidate anymore. Oh, they're all crooks. And then they they tap out. That's what you needed. But none of them did so. And still, like, it's it's not happening. In fact, I Thursday's debate, I'm just watching. They're going to one-up themselves. Who can defend Donald Trump the most? Before we, I tell you what, before we get into Thursday's debate, because I would love to do that, but let me just say, I think part of the discrepancy we were just having between Trump supporters is, is at the moment, um, the question of, you know, there's a question of Trump supporters, people who like Trump versus people who are diehard, I'm going to vote for him no matter what. Right. And and so two thirds of the you know 70 percent of the Republican Party basically believes that the election was stolen from Trump. And you can so you can you can say 70 percent of the Republican Party supports Trump. And there was this group of people who were kind of at the beginning of the I mean, I I've just come down to the idea, and you've written about this, that that this has come down to sort of a cult-like devotion to yeah. Trump, right? That's what the primary is is finally just getting down to. I mean, I had hoped that it would be something more than this because I actually think Trump is truly the biggest threat to our democracy. So we're better off. We would be better off 
There's a lot of people who say, oh, I want to run against Trump. He's the weakest candidate. I just don't want to. I, yeah. I would rather not roll the dice on democracy again. But here we are. And the the um, the uh, people who who were initially saying, well, you know, I loved Trump as president. I would happily have him be president again, but I'm just not sure he can win. And they were like DeSantis curious mm. and they were curious. They were supposedly open to somebody else. They've just finally come down to Trump, right? The the people who were saying, um, I thought, you know, he would have electability issues um, or I'm worried about his electability have finally just come around to, you know what? And it, this is this is documented stuff. I'm not just making this up. I'll back it up in a second. Have finally just come around to, you know what? Trump's actually our strongest candidate. And we just don't think anyone can lose. You know, we just don't think any Republican can essentially lose against Joe Biden because he's so old and doddering and, you know, such yeah. a terrible president and whatever. So like all these people who were supposedly worried about Trump's electability, who DeSantis could supposedly tap into if he had ever actually made the electability argument, which he never actually really made. They're just back down to Trump now. And, um, you know, I mean, so you have let's just look at this, you know, you have uh, Trump dominating in in Iowa. You have Trump dominating in uh, national polls. And yes, maybe Ramaswamy is having like a 2% um, bump or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, but like only a legitimate cult could believe a guy who twice lost the popular vote was defeated in 2020, doomed an entire slate of hand-picked MAGA candidates in 2022, and is now haunted by four criminal indictments, is a shoe-in for 2024. And in fact, that's true. A poll, a Monmouth University poll last month found that 69% of Republicans said that Trump was either definitely the best candidate to beat Biden or probably the best candidate, okay? So it, he is like the far and away choice of Republicans to beat and uh, to beat Biden. And then there's a whole group of people now who are like, yeah, you know, there's no way Biden can win. I mean, listen to this. The, um, the New York Times talked to like 30 Iowa voters, okay? And they basically, to a, more, than, more than 30 of them, they may have talked to more than 30, but more than 30 Iowa voters actually said, there's no way any Republican can, can lose to Biden. They've like drank the Fox Kool-Aid of, he tripped over that sandbag and it's all over. And yeah. so, you know, so Hunter, he, Hunter right, Biden. Hunt, Hunter, you know, People whatever. People care, People care. So Just listen to a couple of these quotes um, you might hear a dog in the background. That's actually mine. It's the neighbors, but it's got a loud, high-pitched um, uh, bark. But anyway, here he just listened to a couple of these. I mean, I would hope anybody could beat Joe Biden at this point. That was a 52-year-old Republican in Iowa. And then here's here's another. It's just one gaff after another, said one. And then here's another. What strength is a candidate? Does he have any? I mean, that these are these are the quotes. Yeah. Of people of Republic Iowa Republicans just saying there's no way Biden can win. Maybe it doesn't even matter who we you know who we choose. But by the way, also Trump is the is the best candidate to you know. And to me, this just it's like in spite of themselves, the cult just came back together to drink more Kool Aid. It's just a just yeah. another a re-upping of Kool Aid. Imagine when he was first indicted. If every Republican had said, 
this is just a continuation of Trump's losing ways. He lost, like you said, 18, 16, the popular vote, 18, 20, 22. We've been losing during Trump and we're going to keep losing. And he just got indicted and his biggest allies have all turned on him. And how do you expect to win when we're running a crook against you made that case and everybody had argued that. So here's what happens, right? I think that poll that you cited where they said that Trump is the strongest, I think they're right. Because nobody else in that field has shown strength. Exactly. How do you show strength? You fight, right? So if you're pushing hard and you're, you're taking shots at, at Donald Trump based on stuff that even, like you said, at the time there were doubts. There were doubts about his electability. There were doubts about the indictment. If they fed into those doubts, punched hard, they would project the strength that they see in Donald Trump. They like Donald Trump because he doesn't back down, because exactly. he says what he says. He, and then he's built his entire cult around him. And now they're all weak because remember early on when, 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 when somebody asked Ron DeSantis if he would extradite Trump if he was indicted, right? And he said something like he would follow the law. And then he got, you know, there's some pushback. And then the next day he, he like backed off. That's called. Oh, yeah. He's like, I won't. Yeah, I won't extradite him from Florida. But Trump and Trump had already announced, by the way, at that point that he was going to turn himself in. So 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 that is what weakness is. Trump will never back down no matter what he says, no matter how stupid it is. You can ignore it. Right. But but. But DeSantis backed down, and that's that's the moment where he was just weak, and that was right. that was the end of his campaign. Right, and that moment, early to on. To your point, let me just say this: to your point, the only person who has really taken on Trump and really just said, "Look, this guy's a grifter," you know, his families are his family is grifters. He's uh, he's bamboozled the American people, etc. Is Chris Christie, right? Who's a brawler. And if you look at, I'm just looking at Chris Christie right now in, in recent polls in August, basically. Okay. And, um, and Chris Christie, first of all, his negatives are sky high and I mean, higher than Trump's. So it's hard to see how he could ever win a, um, you know, a national election again or a national primary against Trump because his, but in New Hampshire, where he has devoted basically all of his energy as a candidate he is running second um, in most polls. And, um, and he, and for instance, like Echelon Insights, which is a, you know, a mainstream, a, a Republican uh, pollster, just found that um, Trump was at 34%, Christie's at 14%, Ramaswamy at 11 and Santos is down to nine. Okay, so some pollsters have DeSantis is as second. I mean, but overall, Christie has made gains, essentially, in um, despite in, everybody hating him, despite, despite everybody hating him, he has like a ceiling of like, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but like, you know, 12 percent there or something. <laughs> He's like, but he has made, ga- made gains despite and if DeSantis had had half the courage or at least just like let Christie be the tip of the spear and just say, you know, and then just like found a way to piggyback off that to Mm -hmm. say, look, I think, you know, Trump was a great president, but, but what we really need now is, you know, someone who doesn't have all this baggage. I mean, just look at his, his, all you have to say is look at his court schedule over the next year. He's supposed to be in court basically from the beginning of 2024 all the way potentially through the November election. How is someone like that going to meet the needs of the American people, of the Republican electorate 
that deserves to have the attention of a candidate when they're going to spend their entire year in court. I mean, if you had said something like that, or we're right. saying, or we're yeah. saying something like that, you know, and, and early on, Ron DeSantis had an opening to do this, but now he just looks weak and pathetic. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, just to prove and your point, Christy not has only, gains. Not only did they not attack him, they defended him and they validated his narrative that this was a partisan liberal witch hunt and a deep state trying to take him down. Right? Yeah, so they actually gave him strength. Yeah, they're disseminating his talking points as his competition. So there's um, this the CBS News YouGov poll because we're talking about this, this Trump cult and it's actually freaking fascinating, right? So uh, YouGov asks, feel what they tell you is true, right? So does this person, do, do you feel that what this person tells you is true? And this is just among Trump voters. And do you feel that what religious leaders tell you is true? Only 42% of Trump voters think that their their religious leaders tell them the truth. And, and there's been counting, stories. Are they counting Q? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and, and there, there's stories where, where, you know, a lot of Southern Baptist preachers are getting really disenchanted because they'll do the Sermon on the Mount. And then they, they will get yeah. actual parishioners come up and say, why are you disseminating those liberal talking points? Like they finally realize that Jesus is actually liberal. Yeah. And so instead of rethinking, well, I love Jesus and I, what would Jesus do? And I'm going to, you know, I've made my identity around being evangelical and Jesus-y. No, they're like, nah, Jesus isn't relevant anymore for the future. And they've literally tossed him aside in favor of that. So the next question is, do you feel what conservative media figures tell you is true? And only 56% of Trump voters believe that. And I actually, I think that's a reaction to Fox News, not no longer propagating the big lie because of the Dominion lawsuit and because of, uh, continued legal you know lawsuits and and so they had to fire tucker carlson and so they've actually turned on fox news as not liberal enough they asked do you feel that what your friends and family tell you is true only 63 percent of trump voters believe their friends and family that's that's legit cult behavior that's literally what cults do is they split their adherents from their network their, their support network friends and family because as long as those people exist, they can pull them out of the cult. So they are systematically being cut off. And we've seen all the stories for years now about the uncle who's no longer, you know, welcome at Thanksgiving dinner or quits showing up. Like we've seen this happen. And then the one that blew me away, though, is do you feel what Donald Trump tells you is true? Only 71 percent of Trump voters think believe that Donald Trump tells them the truth. They don't care. Yeah. That is nihilism but, at its very core. So but that's, that's but where, he's got more. He's he's higher on that. On but he that, is the highest. Yeah, on that totem pole. Trust you know, him. I mean, like he he's got the most fealty or people who believe that what he's saying is true. Of uh, they don't believe their friends and family, they don't believe the religious leaders. You know what I mean? Like they don't. Believe, you know what they believe? Yeah. A random meme on Twitter that says that a Jewish space laser destroyed Lena Lane. Well, I mean, come Hawaii. on. That's, that's what they believe. That's, that's what they I mean, believe. You know, at first blush, anyone could believe that, Marcos. At first blush. You know, you just think about it and you're like, yeah, space lasers. Okay. I mean, who are these people anyway? God that's what bless. they believe. That's the space what they believe. laser, the space laser cult. Um, okay. All right. So what would you I mean, at this point, it it actually might even be too late. But like, what would you do if you actually wanted to try to take down Donald Trump at this point? Well, first of all, I mean, in the context. So 
there's what would you do and what might actually happen. So, so, so right. What's so, going to happen? They're all going to defend Donald Trump. No, no. So, well, I mean, well, here's here's what I mean by that. I, I, I here's what I mean by that. I think it's still possible. And I can't I was looking for it just before we came on. I think I saw something about how many evangelical voters in Iowa are still undecided. People, so I listen to a lot of pat, podcasts done by campaign managers, not because they're always right about handicapping the this political climate we're in. Like I watched, I listened to Hacks on Tap all the way up to the midterms, telling me that Democrats were going to lose the midterms. Right? This is like David Axelrod and his uh, Republican uh, buddy. I didn't uh, realize you were such a masochist, Mike. Someone, uh, yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, I can't tell you how often I disagree with. <laughs> But but they've both run campaigns and I haven't done that. Right. Um, I listened to um, the bulwark um, because like someone like Tim Miller, it has has, you know, he hasn't been a campaign manager, but he's been a spokesperson, uh, director of communications on a campaign. He's been in an inner circle where they make the decisions. Right. Pod Save America, Dan Pfeiffer, you know, who was uh, who was on Barack Obama's campaign. So the these people have insights that I don't have. And one of the things that one of them said was, um, look, you know, the, the Iowa um, Republicans, uh, the Iowa evangelicals break late and they break in, um, they br- break in mass. Okay. So they could at the last second, now I'm not saying this is going to happen, but they, it could at the last second, you know, decide that their person is someone besides Trump. And that person, I think, is most likely, if that were to happen, not going to be Ron DeSantis. It would be Tim Scott because he's a true believer. He actually knows how to campaign. He's very well liked. And, you know, one of the big key evangelical leaders in Iowa, Bob Vanderplatz, is a is looking for basically anyone but Trump. And frankly, even though Governor Kim Reynolds hasn't said this, I think she's looking for anyone but Trump to endorse. Yeah, she's um, been a DeSantis person, and that's not really working out so well. She's so. been a DeSantis person, but not an announced DeSantis yeah. person. And I think if she decided the last second that her like throwing her weight behind Tim Scott or someone else could mm-hmm. give them an extra boost, she would do it. Yeah. Um, but but ultimately, so it's just possible that maybe you get in a situation where 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 you know someone like Tim Scott has a much much better showing in Iowa and we won't know until you know it sort of the December January time frame whether this is anywhere near possible possibly happening but has a much much better showing in Iowa than people originally thought based on evangelicals and then it starts to upend the you know Trump inevitable inevitably Trump mm-hmm. sort of idea okay that is the only thing I see happening now as to how I see them running against him I mean I think it's time to just sling the shit against the wall like you can't you you can't continue to up and down defend Trump. You can find ways to question whether or not he really has what it takes at this point, given his legal entanglements, to really do justice to Republican voters. Shouldn't he have, like in the debate tomorrow, right? Shouldn't he have shown up and earned your vote? Um, this is... Yes. Uh, and. Yeah, right. He's and, taking and you for granted. And he's, he's taking afraid you, to, he's to, taking to you for granted. I tell you what I think could actually work. The old the Trump that I know 
that I knew and voted for Ooh. in 2016 and 2020 never would have skipped a debate debate like this because that it's so low energy. Now the truth is, is that he actually did. Yeah, like, he right. did. <laughs> it doesn't matter. His friend, yeah. his, you know, his, his, his followers are so deluded. They won't know. He did yeah. skip the, the pre Iowa debate. Um, and it, it actually hurt him. I actually think it hurt him in that 2016 race. But the point is, is that you throw something like, gosh, you know, that the guy I knew never would have, you know, scrapped a chance to to take shots at us and to show that he was dominating the field. This is like, in his own words, very low energy for him not to show up. I mean, you know, something like that where you're not like, oh, I hated Trump from the start. You got it. You've got to wrap it in this yeah, like complimentary, yeah. you know, I I really yeah. like Trump. I voted for him. He was a great president. But really, just think about this now. He's going to be in court from January to the, you know, I, I am here. I'm going to be campaigning. I'm going to be on the ground. I'm going to be at every debate. I'm going to, you know, like make it make it a a signal of your devotion to the Republican electorate that you are going to show up everywhere that you're going to mix it up with people, that you're going to answer their questions, you know, that type of thing. Um, I don't know, you know, like, that's just, that's very generalized. But I think you, you know, I think it's, there's still like this, like, five to 10% chance that maybe, but it, but it's such a cult. I'm just like, I'm, yeah. I, I just was gobsmacked over the past week by how the cultists have gone back to Trump and rationalized their decision to go back to him. Sorry. So Gary, I thought I was going to disagree with you on this, on this strategy and, and, but it's, I'm going to, I'm just going to mirror it. Cause I think it's, it's pretty spot on. I mean, the big, first part is you got to have the whole field, like start chipping away at Trump. Like, and the chances of that happening are, are zero. Somebody's going to rise to this defend. Yeah. Right. But in an ideal world, everybody fake is going <laughs> to fake everybody. Vivek. I mean, he'll, they'll, they'll be fighting over who's going to pardon him the fastest, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's right, literally, right. that's going to be the debate, the debate, who's going to pardon him the most. And, uh, but the, um, ideally, like you, you start, you start really chipping away. And, and I actually, I think you're, you've been on the Tim Scott train. I mean, I'm not saying you support him, but I'm saying like, he's yeah, yeah. been the figure that you've like identified. Like if anybody can break through and the thing with Iowa, New Hampshire, the way that these primaries work is that everybody's obsessed with these national polls throughout the entire preseason, let's just call it the preseason. And then Iowa happens and every, the whole political press obsesses over the stupid freaking unrepresentative state in the middle of the country. And thankfully the Democrats have finally bumped Iowa from the top of the, of the calendar. Republicans haven't. And actually, honestly, Iowa sort of represents that it is representative of the Republican party. It is overwhelmingly white. It is overwhelmingly old. And which is actually why Seltzer it has easier time pulling it because you don't have to deal with like young people responding and, you know, people of color, all white people, they'll, they'll answer the phone. So it's, it's probably the easiest, like the Dakotas, like there's some states that are probably easy to pull. Iowa's one of them. So, so, okay, let's say what happens. So Trump, let's say the second choice matters. So Tim Scott doesn't need to be number two in the polls. He needs to be every no non-Trump's second choice. And there may actually be precincts in some locations, maybe some of the higher educated Republican precincts, suburban areas where the Republicans are more anti-Trump and Trump doesn't actually hit the threshold. Right. So there is a possibility that Trump may come out of there with 60 percent of the delegates. And then Tim Scott, it's only at 40. And, it, you know, in the polls, he may be at 
12. But right, after right. Second, you, know, you know, aggregate, he's like at 40. And suddenly you're like, whoa, Tim Scott's like a thing. And he right. probably isn't, but it seems like he's a thing. Right. And then everybody talks about Tim Scott. And then what happens is they're going to have the, the pre-New Hampshire debate, which is always in between Iowa and New Hampshire. And there's always one to two weeks apart. I don't know what the schedule looks like off the top of my head, but it's going to be one or two weeks apart. So you're going to have a, you're going to have a debate there. And what, you know, this is where a lot of things happen. This is where Obama screwed up his campaign against Hillary Clinton because he, he beat her in Iowa, upended expectations. People are like, whoa. Then they get to this debate and he's asked about whether he likes Hillary and he said she's likable enough. And that felt, it just landed wrong. And people thought he was kind of an asshole. And yeah. suddenly Hillary wins New Hampshire. She flipped the polls because Obama looked like he was going to win. Had Obama won New Hampshire right there, primary would have been over. It would have mm -hmm. been downhill True. from there. Because you had story. South Carolina. Like, so you never know. That debate is critically important. Stuff happens. Is Trump even going to show up? Right? Suddenly he looks like not that inevitable. If he doesn't show up, then you got something something right there to build on. Now, again, in real life, what's going to happen is all these Republicans are going to like attack Tim Scott because they're dumb. <laughs> they don't understand. But let's just say that they don't. And uh, and so Tim Scott, again, notches a close second place in New Hampshire. Uh, then he goes home. He goes home to South Carolina. Well, and I have to say, it looks like the Nevada, um, the Nevada Republican primary has has supplanted. Okay. The, and is um, that a caucus still, though? Because then you got a caucus. I think so. A caucus. Yeah. And then and so the fourth state to go is South Carolina. But South Carolina is an actual primary. Yep. What happens at that point is that 50 percent, 45 to 50 percent of like, I'm not feeling too great about Trump mm -hmm. now has somebody to look at. Now, he's a black man. And I think that costs him points in a Republican primary. But um, there is finally somebody who Republicans can look to and say, like, there's an alternative. The money will start, start flowing. All the anti-Trump, you know, super PACs and stuff will start putting money into Tim Scott. He's actually a pleasant person. He's not. Yeah. He likes personally, people. He likes to talk to people. He's not personally offensive. His views and policies are offensive. He as a human being is not. Mm -hmm. So that gives them an advantage. And then again, Trump still got the advantage and it's a winner take all. So it's, you know, you can have Tim Scott getting 40, 45 percent of the vote and it's still not going to be enough. Right. But then there's there's that where you start to get like that five to 10 percent chance of something happening. So um, I think so, your plan works. I just sort of extended how that might look like if you look at state to state, what that right. might play out. But that's the plan. And what, what, let me just back you back up what you're saying about being a second choice. The the um, Des Moines Register Seltzer poll did ask about second choices, and Ron DeSantis was at 20 percent for um, people's second choice, so he was the highest up. Tim Scott was at 15 percent for people's second choice. Yeah, then it was Ramaswamy at 12 and Trump at 10. So so you know Tim Scott is in the running for like being one of the top second choicers and could easily overtake Ron DeSantis by the time voting happens. I mean, yeah, could. And, and there's thresholds. So if the second choice doesn't have enough people, then you go to the third choice. You just got to yeah, yeah. be in that. You got to be you in, gotta the, be in, in that the running. Mix. You got to be in that and sort of top tier mix. Yeah. Tim Scott's living in Iowa right now. And he it's, it, it actually plays to his, other than being black. Like I think if he was white, the whole, the rest of the package actually might actually be quite the potent in a Republican primary. 
uh, that's going to cost him a few votes. I think but- here's here's what I will say. If Tim Scott manages to have a better showing than people expect and you're off to the races after Iowa, he's going to have to make a decision about whether he's really one- running for vice yeah. president or really running to um, to be president. And he will at some point have to confront um, Donald Trump. He will at some point have to go straight at Donald Trump. He can do it on abortion. He could do it on abortion. Like there's places to do it. Yeah, there's places to do it. I mean, it's just he has to make that decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people are waiting to see, too, about him is kind of like, are you really running for vice president? Are you really running for president? And if DeSantis flames out, there's going to be a bunch, a boatload of really, really wealthy people looking to fund someone else who. God, they desperately hope can take down Trump. And they, that would they be the already, most capitalist. Oh, yeah, they are. They've been writing about it. Already. They're going to their money. Now they're just looking about where the, the if there's anybody they can send it to. Yeah. Yeah. But there might so, be more. Yeah. So we're we're pretty much out of time, Carrie. But we we, <laughs> we got we through it all. We got through it. I really I like I like our, our plan. It it's actually it's a viable plan. It doesn't have a five that five to ten percent is better than a, no chance in hell of passing, but it's <laughs> it's <laughs> It's just a little bit better than no no chance in hell, but there there is there is an opening, and it would actually make for a far more interesting Republican primary for sure. Yeah, uh, because in the context of Iowa, New Hampshire, you're going to start getting those preliminary court dates as well. So that stuff is going to intrude in ways that we actually can't predict right now. And as much yeah. as Republicans love crime, if they somebody makes the case <laughs> that this is actually hurting their general election chances because yeah. the American electorate does not like crime. And no, the American electorate does not care about Hunter Biden. And if you actually care about crimes, well, Donald Trump's crimes are relevant and Hunter Biden's are not. <laughs> right. If, if you start, I mean, so it, it's, but you know, you're also right that they live in that bubble. They've convinced themselves that Joe Biden can't string two sentences together. I mean, it, it's 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 all of a piece, right? It's all part of that right. cult and the media, um, their media bubble and all. So, but it's gonna be, it's definitely gonna be interesting. And and you know what I'd like to do, and, Carrie? And maybe- can I just can I just yeah. add something? It's gonna be interesting to to see how Trump tries to navigate looking like the alpha male while he's doing things like surrendering you know, um, to, uh, Fannie Willis at the, you know, Atlanta court or, or, you know, has to potentially sit through a trial. I don't think the will, the, the Georgia case is going to get to trial before, um, 2024, but the federal case, the Jack Smith case on about January 6th might get to trial before then. And there won't be cameras in there, but there's a question of like, how does he look? Cause every day he's, he's like, He's powerless, essentially. And, so and how, you, reports, how do you navigate that? And all the reports of his court dates where he's actually been in court have been very vicious in his demeanor. He's not very good at hiding. He doesn't have a poker face. No. Like we, when he's having a bad day, we know he's having a bad day. And like after that Oklahoma rally, right, where nobody showed up during COVID times, then he, like, he showed <laughs> like his makeup's all over his shirt. His face is all orange and droopy. Like, and, and so once we have video of his courtroom appearances where his actual freedom is at stake i mean there may be some pretty striking images that that 
that smart operatives would be able to use to show that he's actually not the alpha male that that he claims to be. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Here, I don't know what you think. Maybe next week we can talk about Joe Biden because this whole idea, I like this this that you brought up this notion that they've convinced themselves that Joe Biden can't string two sentences together and and is a weak candidate. And I actually would like us to explore what kind of candidate he actually would be because it's actually nobody's talking about Joe Biden. And I know Joe Biden. Everybody wants to go to sleep thinking about Joe Biden, but actually it's actually very relevant to what this, you know, obviously to, yeah. to what we're going to be talking about next year. And I'll say this, despite what, despite what MAGA thinks, he won't be an indicted candidate. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> yeah. the, the bar is set. Are you indicted or not? Gary, thank you so much for joining me this week. It's always been a pleasure. Thanks, Walter, for producing the show. Thanks, everybody who helps behind the scenes like Paul. And thank you, the viewer, listener, reader, for being part of Daily Coast, for being part of this movement to save our American democracy. We could not do it without you. Please like, recommend, share, let people know about everything that we do, the, the Daily Coast and and this podcast and, and, and help us build this movement because we're going to need all hands on deck next year to save our democracy. So you're all part of that movement. Thank you so much for joining us. Love you so much. Catch you all next week. Bye-bye.